Hey everybody, it's your GM Thomas here. Just wanted to take a moment to give a quick content warning for this episode. This episode contains some potentially disturbing and triggering descriptions of medical procedures and being held captive. So if that's not something you're interested in hearing, please feel free to skip this episode. This is a special issue of Paradigm Academy, Spotlight Intravenous. On the cover, a stylized version of the Paradigm Academy crest has taken on a coral hue, while silver veins crisscross its surface. Intravenous appears on the cover, in full costume striking a heroic pose. The tagline reads, She may not have been born a hero, but she's got power coursing through her veins. Our first set of panels uh, depict a dark, gloomy kind of outdoor shot, and we see off-panel. We're gathered here today to remember Cecilia Lark, loving mother, sister, and friend. We see a panel of grieving funeral attendees, and then we see a picture of your mother. What does your mother look like, Cece? My mother was middle-aged when she passed. So her chestnut hair was starting to gray slightly, but wasn't significantly gray. Uh, she always wore bright floral prints. So she's probably wearing like a sundress uh, and has a big smile on her face. We then cut to a panel of a very young Cece. We see a hand kind of rest on your shoulder of uh, a woman, kind of manicured nails, painted kind of like a, like a coral pink color. Kind of similar to the color of your costume, actually. She says, Come on, honey. We've got to get you to uh, your new family's home. The the younger version of Cece, like, wipes her eyes with her sleeves, nods, and, uh, and grabs the lady's hand. The lady escorts you over to a car with a familiar symbol on the door. One that we recognize as a symbol that can be found on the back of Cece's neck in present day. We then cut to a panel of Cece's eyes opening wide very suddenly. And she is currently on what looks like a operating theater's uh, operating table. And there are several like tubes sticking out of her and she has one of those respirator masks on, and she is like struggling against restraints as we get kind of a first-person view of what she sees, and it's kind of hazy and blurry as she's kind of coming out of anesthesia, and we, we see like doctors with masks who kind of look really scary from this position at, as they're kind of looming over you, and there's like muffled, muffled bubbles with like indecipherable speech. And then we see Cece in a holding cell. And at this point, has Cece's hair changed color? So I think they originally shaved all her hair off for the operation. So she is completely bald, but you, we can still recognize her by the, her eye color, that this is in fact Cece. We see someone coming to the door and opening like one of those uh, solitary confinement hatches and sliding a tray of food in and uh, off panel. We, we see, eat up, C1, C1. You need your strength. Yeah, Cece doesn't move. 
And I think we I think we cut to a panel of several trays of uneaten food that have all kind of collected with flies and and maggots uh, just kind of sitting in the corner. Then we cut to a panel of CC in kind of a, a laboratory setting with uh, with like the clear plexiglass walls all set up around her. And she is wearing kind of the the lab uh, test subject, you know, the the, the the standard test subject uniform. But yeah, of of like stretchy, like uh, like scrub pants and like a like a tank top. And opposite you is a boy who also has his head shaved, and he is uh, shirtless in the same scrub pants, and he has similar like discoloration of veins, but this is like this is slightly more bronze than the the silverish coloring of the veins in uh, on your body. So then we see a, a bespectacled man in a lab coat behind the on the opposite side of the plexiglass chamber who kind of speaks into a, a, a recorder and says, Combat readiness test number one. Subjects G1 and C1. Commence. And uh, there are two two like electrical prods that come into the chamber and poke the two of you as they're you're kind of nudged together. And there's just there's a lot of shouting and people people telling you to fight. What do you do? Uh, not that. Okay, so you stand you stand there uh, as this as this boy comes charging forward and punches you in the face hard. Uh, you your head kind of recoils and you rebound and there's there's no there's no like beginning of bruising or anything. There's you're not bleeding or anything. Like he hits you just by like the the sheer way that it was drawn in the panel with like several lines of like force behind it. He hit you very hard. You should he should have broken your jaw, but you are fine. And and then he comes back for another punch uh, the, on the opposite cheek and uh, is just continuing to punch you. And you were just standing there and taking it. Are you reacting at all? I think as the uh, second punch comes in, like uh, my arm instinctively goes up to guard myself, like in a move that Cece herself wouldn't have known for now. Yeah, so you ca- so you catch his arm, and he has kind of a look of surprise on his face as he strains against your strength, and uh, you see him kind of plant his feet and leap and do like a backflip to kind of rend his arm out of your rip, and then takes it and then takes a fighting stance opposite you, and kind of does does the the action movie like points his hand at you and then waves to like you like come at me, bro. I don't want to fight you. We have to fight. We don't have a choice. We just get, like, a speech bubble of, like, CC just, like, stuttering, like, not knowing how to respond to that. C1, C1, if you don't commence combat, there will be dire consequences. With this threat, CC like, feels like she's hit the point where she doesn't have a choice and takes the bait of the, like, come at me, bro, and charges in. All right, go ahead and roll me 2d6. That is a 10. Dude, what do you do to Gary Graves? In the panel, like, as Cece, like, rushes in, her eyes, like, almost seem to glaze over for a minute. And, like, she, it looks like she's going for the bait, and then she faints out of his move and just punches him right up in the gut, sending him flying. And, like, he 
makes contact with the ceiling and we see like some cracks form. Yeah, we see that we see those cracks form begin to form in the plexiglass and we see Gary kind of regain his composure as he does like the kit that kip up move where he leaps up and charges toward you and then like locks arms with you almost like in like in a wrestling hold and he and he whispers in your ear, "See, now you're getting it." And he turns around and grabs your arm and swings you against the plexiglass and smashes you hard into the plexiglass and it begins to spiderweb crack a little bit more. And the scientists and soldiers who are watching you are just like looking on in awe at the strength and ingenuity that you all are exhibiting uh, after this after this uh, experiment. So this is like still pretty early on in all of the, like this is like CC's first time like out here fighting since the operation. Yeah. Okay, so has me in a like, grapple hold and pushed me up against the wall so Cece does something very uncharacteristic and kicks like sweeps her leg out behind her to like knock his feet out from under him all right go ahead and go ahead and roll for it seven you trip him up and he he kind of tumbles backwards but he does like a back handspring and then and then leaps back to his feet he kind of looks at you with a smirk and he mouths that was a mistake as you realize that there is a crack in the floor where you all were standing and you fall through the crack in the floor. Your leg is now kind of pinned between two pieces of concrete and you are locked into place as he rushes forward and delivers a kick of his own directly to your chest and thrusts you back against against the plexiglass some more as it begins to spiderweb even more. What do you like what would you like to do? Cece like instinctively switches over to full on defensive. Uh, it isn't trying to, like, attack back as much as she's doing her best to deflect any of the blows that are coming in right now. But, like, occasionally hits the uh, pex- plexiglass behind her with her elbow, uh, trying to, like, break it. Go ahead and roll it for it. Eight. You bust, like, the plexiglass finally breaks due to your sheer the sheer amount of strength that you're putting behind this, except the shard drives itself into your, into your arm. This was obviously designed to be super powerful and to contain super powered beings, so your improved durability doesn't withstand uh, this, this super polymer plexiglass that uh, kind of drives itself lengthwise into your arm, but there is an opening. Is um, Gary still like full onslaught of me no he he looks at you and winks and he with like one properly placed punch the rubble that's keeping you in place breaks and he says see i told you i had a plan and he rushes through the hole and guards are leveling their weapons at him and preparing to fire what do you do god how many times did we try to break out of this place (laughs) a lot This guy is evidently the one person Cece feels like she can trust right now, so she goes following after him and, like, body checks the guards. Okay, roll, roll for it. <laughs> there's, there's the failure. Five. Yeah, you come, you come rushing toward uh, rushing toward them, and the scientist who commenced the procedure kind of kind of flips o- flips open uh, this like PDA sort of thing, and he says, "One more step, C one, C one, and I activate the kill switch." Yeah, that doesn't actually seem like enough to stop Cece at the minute. It might just like sheer momentum. She's still moving. Okay, yeah. So you're st- you're still moving as we watch him we watch him press a button and Cece's body goes limp and she just comes like uh she kind she comes hurtling towards the guy as the guy levels his weapon at you ready to fire. 
and you just crumple in a pile and slide and bump into his feet. And then we see a panel of you back in your cell. And off panel, we see a, a voice bubble that says, man, you put up a hell of a fight out there. We almost got away with it, too. Yeah, I guess there's always next time. Oh, trust me, there will be a next time. These assholes made the mistake of giving me a mind that could calculate every possibility. Lucky you. Name's Gary, by the way. I'm Cece. Wow, they really went literal on your uh, project name, huh? Yeah, just gotta twist that knife a little bit extra. Have you eaten the food yet? Is it okay to eat? <laughs> I mean, it's pretty bland, but... Nothing worse than what they've already done to us. Yeah, it's not It's not gonna kill you. In fact, they make sure that it's full of uh, good, good vitamins and minerals so that you stay nice and strong. Yay. Guess it sounds like I have a reason to need the strength, though. See, now you're getting it. Look forward to the next time I catch you in the ring. Me too. Thank you for listening to Spotlight Intravenous. We hope you enjoyed this peek into CC's origin story. Paradigm Academy is produced, edited, and GM'd by Thomas Fleming. He can be found on Twitter at DorksideVO. Intravenous is played by Caitlin Cornell. She can be found on Twitter at SuperCaitlin1. We can be found on Twitter at ParadigmPod1. If you enjoy our show and you would like to support us, there are a few ways to do so. Please rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. You might even hear your review read aloud at the end of an episode. You can also support us by becoming a patron. There are tons of great rewards like bonus content, monthly AMAs, early access to episodes, and even the chance to play with us. Just go to patreon.com papod. Our theme music is Deliberate Thought by Kevin McLeod. Masks, A New Generation is a tabletop role-playing game created by Brendan Conway and distributed by Magpie Games. me three i i totally ship it sorry hamilton you're screwed if gary comes back into the picture <laughs> <laughs> i have shifted from her backstory <laughs>